Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska, and this is today's Bible class, a short Bible study every single day, keeping us in God's Word, helping us to stay strong in our faith and even grow stronger because faith comes by hearing the Word of God. But it also helps keep us focused on a relationship with God and upon eternity. Help people in your life change their focus in life, and you know some who do need to change. Get them into God's Word through these studies. Share these studies with them through Facebook friends, text messages, and other technological means. Help them to grow in their faith, come closer to God, and ultimately get to heaven. What a great blessing for them and for you. Make that commitment and start sharing today. We're going to continue in our line of thought and study. And this particular line of thought and study is a challenge. A challenge to take back morality. You might say, take it back from whom? From the devil. The devil has been extremely influential in leading our nation incrementally, little by little, again, taking some big leaps from, you know, along the line, but normally incrementally, short baby steps, but on an ongoing, patient, determined basis for hundreds of years now, he has been very successful, very influential in leading our nation away from godliness and into immorality. It's time for us, and and I'm not, now people when they hear the word immorality or immoral, they probably almost instinctively think of some kind of sexual immorality. But that's only one avenue through which he has led us into immorality. We need to make that commitment. We need to take the personal stand ourselves because we cannot change people around us, much less change the nation, if we're not willing to change and are not determined to change ourselves. We need to make that commitment within ourselves, within our own lives, to take back morality, to not be a part of the immorality that pervades, that just, just, it is so common and, 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 and just is really infecting our whole nation, our whole culture. We need to make up our minds. We need to take that stand. So we need to abstain from evil. We need to develop godly character. We need to have that focus in our lives. We cannot become moral without becoming godly. We cannot be righteous without becoming godly. As the Apostle Paul wrote in 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 11, but you, O man of God, flee these things and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith. Now again, we cannot become righteous without becoming godly. We cannot be godly without being having faith in God and being faithful to God on a consistent basis. So flee these things and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, gentleness. So we need to make up our mind, I'm going to live a godly life. And if I'm living a godly life, I'm going to live a moral life. And if I'm living a moral life, I'm not going to be a part of immorality of any kind. Now, we pointed out the first step perhaps is to take back respect for God and Christ in our conduct and in our speech. I made the point, I emphasized it. You know people almost undoubtedly in your life, and I've known people this way. They almost never talk about God or Christ. 
except by way of cursing and using their names in those cursing epithets. How sad that is. How sad that is. How unrighteous that is. How immoral that is. The very second of of the original Ten Commandments said, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. And we saw that repeated in Leviticus 18, 21, 19, and 12, and 21 in verse 6. And we read verses of Scripture that describes God as being holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. Isaiah 6 and verse 3. Luke 1 and verse 49 says, holy is his name. We need to never use God's name, never use the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ in ways of cursing and vulgarity and profanity. Now, the last couple of sections of our study, we focused on sexual immorality. We need to take back respect for God and Christ in conduct and speech, and we need to take back sexual morality, and we need to make up our minds to abstain from all kinds of sexual immorality, and we need to be that kind of influence on people around us, and we particularly need to teach our children sexual morality and to help them recognize sexual immorality so that they can stay away from that. And we see that all around us. The devil has been so successful. Somebody has said that using sex to advertise some product is very powerful and successful. Well, the devil's gotten away from just using sex to advertise products, business products, products that, that, that we might buy. He's, he's using sex to just advertise immorality in general. If it feels good, do it. I mean, that, what kind of a motto is that that we've heard for many years now? And many people, though they may not use those exact words, but, but that's their mindset. It feels good. It feels right. I think it's righteous. And people will explain away their concerns about immorality by talking about how God would want them to be happy. No, I'm afraid that's the devil talking. He's just using your lips. He's influenced your your thinking, and you need to put him out of your mind. Now, this next section, we need to take back a lifestyle of honesty and integrity. And if we'll do this, we'll eliminate a whole lot of the temptations of immorality that the devil throws at us from a lot of different directions. We need to take back a lifestyle of honesty and integrity. Do you have a hard time being honest with people? Might be in business dealings. It might be just in speech. Do you have a problem about lying? In Job 2 and verse 3, Then the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job that there is none like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man, and one who fears God and shuns evil, and still he holds fast to his integrity, 
although you incited me against him to destroy him without cause. Whether God had challenged the devil with the honest, upright man of integrity that Job was. And the devil said, well, let me have my way with him. I'll show you. I'll get him to curse you. And God said, okay, just you cannot touch him physically. You cannot harm him physically. And so the devil worked on Job through a great deal of tragedies. All of his children died in one day. All of his holdings of cattle and livestock were either stolen or killed in one day. Most of his servants tending all of those matters were killed in one day. And still, Job held fast to his integrity, God says. Even though you incited me against him, he held fast to his integrity. He stayed true to me. How about you? Do you stay true to God in all circumstances, in all situations? Or do you find yourself losing control at times, lashing out in anger, and maybe even towing the line of hatred towards somebody? Do you find yourself cheating people through business dealings, maybe on your income tax, and then you excuse it by saying, well, they take too much in taxes anyway. Or, or maybe, you know, that company won't miss it. You know, they've got billions of dollars. Honesty is on a personal basis. Integrity is a personal matter. The wise man wrote in Proverbs 10 and verse 9, he who walks with integrity walks securely. You see, if you're honest and you're a person of integrity, you can go to bed at night, you can lay your head on your pillow, and you can sleep being at peace. But if you start violating your integrity, if you start violating your conscience through dishonesty, you have some problems with your you have some problems emotionally and psychologically. He who perverts his ways will become known, the wise man goes on and writes. Now, Titus chapter 2 and verse 7. In all things, showing yourself to be a pattern of good works, in doctrine, showing integrity, reverence, incorruptibility. Now, what does the word doctrine mean? Teaching. You need to stop compromising over what is right and what is wrong, over what is good and what is evil over what is faithful to God and what is unfaithful to God and Christ. The wise man wrote in Proverbs 6 and verse 11, honest weights and scales are the Lord's. All the weights in the bag are his work. You don't want to go to some, say to a meat market and say, hey, I want a pound of ground beef. And then you notice the man behind the counter while he's weighing your ground beef, he's got his fingers on the scale and he's making it look to be heavier than it is so he can charge you more money. You don't want to go and pick up a half gallon of milk and you get home and you find out that a third of it's missing. You don't want to read the ingredients on a label and then learn later that some of those ingredients were untrue. You want to 
You want people to treat you with integrity, but you need to begin by being a person of integrity and honesty yourself. To not be so is immoral. In Ezekiel chapter 45 and verse 10, you shall have honest scales, an honest ephah, and an honest bath. In other words, honest measurements of weight. You need to be an honest business person. I've told the story different times by way of illustration of a man who had an old general store kind of thing, I believe. And that was common in rural areas many years ago. My aunt and uncle actually owned one. But this one was apparently, you know, bigger, had dealt in more kinds of goods than others. And so in one, one part of it, he sold, he sold uh, fabric goods. And so people would come in and say, you know, I need two yards of such and such fabric. And he'd lean it on. He had a yardstick mounted on the table and he'd measure it out for them. And so as he passed, I believe, from this life. His son took over the business, and so a salesman came in one day, and he wanted to sell him stuff, and the son didn't know any, didn't need anything, and so he said, look, because he didn't want to leave without selling something, so the salesman said, how about that old yardstick there? Look at how old it is, how worn it is, and he pulled out a yardstick from his merchandise, and he laid it down next to that old yardstick that his father had used for so many years. And his father was known as a man of integrity and honesty in his business dealings. And that old yardstick was short by an inch or two. Now, what was going to have to be the determination on the part of his son? Should he say, well, it was good enough for my dad. People never knew the difference. No, he had to make the decision. If my father had known, he never would have allowed that to stand. He had to buy the new yardstick because he had to stand for integrity and honesty, and his father would have wanted him to have done so. We'll stop here. We'll pick up next time. Let's pray. Father in heaven, help us to be examples of honesty and integrity, but even on a broader scale of morality by your standards. Please help us in this and help others to see your morality in us. Please forgive us and hear our prayer. In Jesus' name, amen.